Welcome to Coffee and Therapy, where we spill the tea on therapy-related topics, sip our favorite coffee, and share our expertise with parents, professionals, clinicians, and anyone who could benefit from a little therapy. Hello, and welcome back to Coffee and Therapy. I don't have Sarah, so I have no pew pew pew. Unfortunately, Sarah's not here. Noah continues to be on maternity leave. But we've got a Courtney. Yes, we do. And a super special guest, Shelly, Shelly Anderson, formerly of Notes to Live by Fame, but now learn with Mainstay Fame because you just had a big merger. So music therapy nerds, ahoy. We're all here together. Yeah. Hello, Shelly. Hey! <laughs> so happy you're here. Really, so excited. Thanks. I am really excited also. We, if you don't know Shelly, if you're not a music therapy person, you should. Shelly is awesome. She is a music therapist and an AAC specialist. And October is AAC Awareness Month. And I'm not even going to tell you what that acronym means. I'm going to pass it to Shelly because we have so many topics and ideas. I'm going to let her school you because she knows more than I do. (laughs) Yeah. So AAC is Augmentative Alternative Communication. So to augment is to change something. Alternative is different. And then communication is communication. Um, So what we're looking at is taking how somebody currently communicates and adapting it to be more functional for them and is typically in a way that more people can understand them. Which is great. And it should be, as my shirt says, more accessible for all people. (laughs) Yes. And that is really like part of my mission in life right now is to just tell everybody that AAC is even an option. It exists out there because that's like part of the battle is people just don't know that it exists. And it's really cool actually to meet with people who interact with it for the first time because you just watch light bulbs go off. And it's either, oh my gosh, like this will help my child or this will help somebody I work with. And it's just magical. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't know about it. So I'm I'm assuming I mean, we're going to presume competence of our listeners that they do know about it. But if you've been searching for AAC and this podcast just popped up in your, you know, Google search, what are some common types of AAC or sort of like AAC 101 that people should know? Yeah. So a lot of times we are looking for robust communication. So I'm not looking for a choice board for somebody. I don't want them to be limited on only speaking to one topic or only able to say these certain things that I deem them appropriate to say, because what if there's an emergency and they need to say something different? So all of the AAC that we're going to talk about is what they want to say, when they want to say it, to whoever they want to say it. And a lot of times that looks like high technology devices. Think iPad type things. Um, If we're really honest, a lot of them are fancy iPads and fancy cases, but there are some dedicated devices out there that operate a little bit differently, but at their roots, it's an iPad type device. Um, And that is operated by direct selection, which is you can physically touch the device and make it activate. And activate is I touch the picture of an apple and it says eat. And when I touch it, the system says eat out loud. Um, That is speech generating. It generates speech. Um, And then ideally that system gives me food choices also. So I can get really specific with things. And not just, again, a choice board or one word at a time, but we are combining words together to make sentences. I want them to be able to give their speech at school, to come home and tell me the joke that their friend told them on the bus, to, you know, tell me about this crazy science experiment, not just, I want this or uh, I'm hurt. Those are incredibly important. But I want them to communicate everything, everything that I would be able to say, I want them to be able to say too. 
Well, I think that's a very different thought process than a lot of people have when we're thinking of that analytical linear language development. I, I want, I want this, I need this. Whereas it seems like all of the new research and what you're saying is that just having access to more words, more modeling, more examples, and more access is more beneficial for the person who's consuming the learning of that device and then the expression of that language through the AAC device. Yes, definitely. We call those carrier phrases the I wants, um, and they are beneficial. Like I do say in my daily life, I want to go home. I want to eat ice cream. Like I we use carrier phrases. Um, and I genuinely want those things. Um, I want to put on a cozy blanket right now. Um, but there's so much more to it also that we don't only want to teach carrier phrases, um, and only teach them that I want comes before everything because it doesn't. Um, there's, can I have, or I need, um, there's other functions of language too, like social norms, um, to be able to say it's nice to meet you and not, I want it's nice to meet you because that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I was listening to, um, an AAC podcast and they talked about Buffalo Bills fans. So if you're a Bills fans, you're, can get pumped with this. Yes, um, yes. I saw this one. Yeah, it's so fun. So Bills fans, if they see somebody wearing Bills gear just out in the wild or out in public, then you just yell out, go Bills. And you don't stop and talk to each other. You don't like comment on how cool their whatever they're wearing is. It's just go Bills. And they yell out, go Bills. And you move on about your day. <laughs> And that's like Bill's culture. It's what you do. Um, but our AAC users, if all they have is a choice board of foods or places or a music therapy instruments, they can't yell out, go Bills, and participate in that culture. And that's so important. Like they want to yeah. participate in that team spirit too. I mean, if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, it's go Bills. <laughs> You know, just, you know, arguably the best team in the NFL right now. Uh, Miss Alyssa's a little partial. But yes, if I see an Eagles fan, we go, go birds, go birds. And like, that's it. That's it. That's all. End discussion. Wow. <laughs> it's true. I, one of the, Shelly sent us a, a great email with like a brain dump of all these different topics. And one of the things that really stuck out to me is because I am, I use a lot of pecs in what I do. And so when I hear you talking about carrier phrases, right, like that's kind of what we're limited to a lot of times when we use pecs. And so I would love to dig in on why we don't have to start with pecs all the time and what are some other options for people like me who – to be honest, a lot of my clients are only in ABA. They don't receive speech services. They don't receive music therapy services. They don't receive any other services where, you know, what you do, Shelly, is accessible. And so PECS is usually a go-to option. Core boards is a go-to option. So yeah, I just, I would love to dig in there and see, because I want, like you're saying, like I want all of my kids to be able to like have access to this type of communication, but I don't know how to help them when I'm not being directly guided by someone with a specialty, you know? So yeah, I'm so curious about that. Yes. I love that we're about to talk about this. I want to first split the difference of PECS as a system of communication. It has protocols to it and everything. Core boards, which are different, and I know at least with music therapists, we call any picture pecs sometimes, and they are not. So, not if you were trained where Courtney and I were trained. It's an drilled, icon. Oh, drilled us. Yeah, it is an icon. That is not a pec. There is no pec. Yep. Beautiful. At least it's getting drilled somewhere because yep. I've got this all the time. Just because it is a picture of the instrument, a picture of the object does not make it part of PEC's picture exchange system. 
it is a whole system to itself. So I just want to split that for people and split out pecs versus a core board because core boards can be very beneficial. I personally don't agree with the pec system. And here's why. Because it starts so limited on what they can say. Um, so I'll speak from examples I work with someone, um, I'm the communication support um, kind of brought in from the outside and I joined their music therapy session at an ABA center and they're using PECS and I was like, hey, like, I understand you don't want to use robust AAC right now. I'm going to choose not to fight that battle for a second. Teach me how to use PECS, the system. I'll join with you and I'm hoping to green ground later. <laughs> um, yes. But it's one icon he's on right now. You start with one icon. It's Velcroed to the front of his board. And that is the only thing he can say. He has no word approximation. So it is quite literally the only thing he can say. And there is two weeks, I think, where the top of that pet card said socks off. Great. He loves his socks off. Problem is his socks were already off. He has no reason at that time to say socks off because they are already off. What if he wants them on? What if he needs a break? What if he wants the drum, the maraca, the anything else that they were very gracious to like give us pecs for music therapy, but I can't use them because you're telling me he's on the one card system and that I can't change that right now. So problem there is sometimes we leave them on there and they don't actually need to say that. Um, also, pecs are deeming like I get to choose what you get to say. I get to choose whether you have the break card or not. I get to choose which food option I'm going to give you and they don't have a say in it. If they do have a say in it, it comes through as behaviors a lot of times because they don't have another way to communicate it. And then that kind of takes them down a whole nother rabbit hole. So kind of at a base level, that's where pecs get tricky. Um, the other thing is if I send you um, like a picture of a board, we'll take any core board. I send it to you. You practice where all the icons are. And tomorrow I give it back to you, but I've moved everything. You can't efficiently communicate. Even if you have memorized all the icons, you know exactly how to use them. You know how to make a sentence. You have more than one picture on your board. I've moved everything. So you have to look at each individual picture to find what you want. And that is a PEX book. Like they don't have a protocol where you put it in the same place every time, which makes it easy to put things away and really challenging for that user to find things again. Well, and there's not an automatic motor plan for, right. it's like if every time I locked my phone screen, it changed all the folders that hold all of the apps that I use. I would go to click Instagram and I would land on like imperfect foods, yes. which like, great. I like that too, but I'm not trying to buy food right now. I'm trying to mindlessly brain scroll at night. Yes. Yes. And I also want to distinguish here and Shelly, you tell me if I'm wrong, using icons to label items so that they're more visually accessible to people still good. Like having a visual schedule or just having pictures of what it represents around still totally good. But if that's the only access to language and an AAC and a robust system could be used, great. Like use the icons to label and then use the system for communication. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We do want a total communication approach. So it's not I give you this robust AAC system and now I don't accept your pretty close word approximations. I don't accept your signs. I don't accept that you literally picked up your water bottle and brought it to me and like tried the cap and you couldn't do it. I mean, I've handed things to my friend next to me and I'm just like, ugh, and I hand it over to her and she knows I want the cap off. I don't have to say anything else, but like grunt and frustration. It's communication. We get it. So we are not all of a sudden stop like full stop everything. Oh, I don't understand you anymore, but I am going to model or show them on their device. So you're looking for the water bottle to open. You hand it to me. I'm like, oh, you look like you want me to open it. And on their AAC system, I'm going to press open. 
this is like that example does say that they are okay with me touching their system, that we have rapport built. I have not taken it from them. Um, Ideally, I have my own system, but that's not always possible. So disclaimer on that example. Um, But yeah, we definitely accept other picture icons to be like, hey, this is the schedule. This is what we're doing. That's still good. Bonus points if it's pictures from the system they're using, but it still doesn't have to be. It's okay if it's different. Oh, that's a good point. My brain is just processing. So I work with littles. I work with early intervention population. And if, like, what are some suggestions then on places to start, especially for kids who don't have access to really like the the iPads and those type of AAC devices? Like what are some options there, you know? Yeah. So base, base level, I recommend starting with, if it's you and the family, you, another provider in the family, whoever the support team is, get pictures in place of like favorite items, their favorite foods, and just make your own core board even and start teaching them that like, When I touch this, it's a piece of paper. It's not going to speech generate. But when I touch this, I get what I want. And just start that understanding. That's still communication. It's still beneficial. And when it's put on that piece of paper, it's already developing a motor plan because things aren't moving around. We all use the same board. We can add things to it, but we are not going to take things away from it. Once it's on there, it's on there. And then really, ideally, you're finding a trained speech therapist. Um, I emphasize trained because um, speech therapy holds all of the cards for AAC funding. Um, Really, it's not necessarily their fault. They are not the only system in place here, but it's very gatekeepy of insurance in particular that they will only accept an SLP recommending a device. particularly because it's not in their schoolwork a lot of times. Some universities have a course in it. Um, Some have a certificate in it. One of the schools I'm going through, there's a lot of SLPs in my class, but typically there's not coursework for them. And so they're flying as blind as the rest of us are in what to recommend, how different systems work, how to even fund it. There's a whole funding process that goes into it. Which is a whole thing. So I'm going to pause there, Shelly, and emphasize what you said, because people don't know this. I was just on a meeting with a music therapist yesterday, and I was saying, well, make sure you find an SLB who's really familiar with that AAC system. Ask them why they chose it for that client. What's their plan? I said, because not every SLP is going to know AAC or know that system that your client's using. And this is no shade to SLPs. Speech language pathology is a broad scope field, just like music therapy is. And yet we're too broad to build through insurance. What? Anyway, um, speech therapy covers the ground from feeding to receptive and expressive language, gestalt language processors, AAC, articulation, social communication, pragmatics, memory recall. There are so many things within speech language pathology, so many different age ranges, so many different areas of work that not every speech therapist is familiar with AAC, nor can they be because there's so much training that there could be done. So knowing that someone really has to know AAC. You have to find the right person. And so many SLPs, like you said, don't have that knowledge or don't have knowledge of the diverse systems that are out there. And then there are things like AAC specialists, which Shelly is, and she's not an SLP, but she has advanced training and knowledge in what she's learned and teaching um, that you want to find someone who has those things. So I just, I had to emphasize that because I think a lot of people don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll echo like no shade to SLPs. This is not like a bash to you or your field. You can't possibly know everything. I don't know everything about music therapy. I am not trained in all of the specialties. I can't possibly be. Um, So finding somebody who does know about is important, Um, particularly somebody who 
has gotten a little bit of continuing ed in it, whether that's official courses, whether they've read research, it doesn't have to be a formal class that they took, but they've done their due diligence and in looking into it. Um, and I'll kind of drop in like, particularly when working with families who don't speak English, there is a lot of culturally relevant things we need to do with AAC in order to make this a successful system for them. Example is somebody I'm working with now. They have an accent device, which has, um, it's robust, it's amazing, and it's only in English. And the family speaks absolutely zero English. So they're going through parent coaching with me right now. Um, We have a translator. The parent gets it. They are fully on board with the principles I'm going off. They understand, they're ready to model, and they can't because they don't auditorily understand when it speech generates, and they also can't read it because the whole system is in English. Downside, it's $400 to get the Spanish version. And in the first five years, yeah, the first five years, you can't get another AAC device or another AAC program and have insurance funded again. They have a five-year like cap on it. So we're looking for ways to get it to them, but that's an example of an SLP who did the right thing. They did the right thing recommending AAC. They did the trial. It's a good system for the client and a bad system for the family. And the family's voice in this matters because he can communicate at school and still can't communicate with his family, which is a huge part of your life. There's just so many barriers to so many things that's really frustrating and the fact that, I mean, and maybe we can talk about billing and and how we we get someone on the path down to AAC, because I think that is access to the device is limiting. It's on an iPad, which in itself is expensive, four to five hundred dollars. Um, and then the software is usually three hundred to five hundred dollars to have on it. Now that is like a lifetime access once you buy it. Okay. Shelly nodded her head audience for the visual. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted to make sure because we might be, you know, purchasing some AAC systems for our iPads at our office. Um, yes. Cause Shelly came and did a training for us. If you're going to do um, it, do it next week. Oh, we are. Oh, we are. Say it. Tell the listeners, tell the listeners, cause this yes. is coming out in time for that. Beautiful. So yes. October is AAC awareness month. So woo! it is a magical season where the apps go on sale and it is just beautiful. So um, Lamp Words for Life, which is phenomenal, I do recommend, um, goes half off. It is $300 normally and it goes half off for one week. So we are recording on October 5th right now. So And this comes out October 13th. Beautiful. So it'll be just in time. That week, there are many of them that are on sale. October 11th to 17th is the Lamp Words for Life. It's also just Toby in general who oversees Lamp. So it's, no, that's Dynavox. Who oversees Lamp? PRC. PRC, who's also Touch Chat. Yes. Yes, which is a one that a lot of our clients use. So Touch Chat is also 50% off because I have it in my calendar, Shelly. I find <laughs> I both that. of them. Yes. Because we need both of them. Yes. So yes. I will caveat on, I do recommend if your practice has the funds for it, it is worth the investment to be able to get hands-on with the device and really practice it. You get familiar with it so that once somebody is in front of you with their AAC device, you can help show them where things are. You can support them. You can model for them without it being like a wild goose chase trying to find things on the AAC. I do not recommend that families just haul off and buy devices, buy apps. Um, the ones that go on sale are typically good apps. I recommend Lamp Words for Life. I recommend Prolo Quota Go. I recommend PRC in general. Toby Dynavox does not go on sale, but their program is amazing. Really, really good programs, but they are each nuanced in their own little yes. way. And sometimes the nuances really matter. So lamp is based on a motor plan toby has a motor plan but also is more category based and doesn't switch pages um which 
is phenomenal for some people, breaks my brain because there's a couple different ways to get to each word and I just don't understand it. Like I do, but it's hard for me. I like lamp where I know exactly how to go every single time. I love lamp. I love lamp so much. I love lamp. I like touch chat. So So if you buy it, like let's say you buy a company subscription, is there like a limit to how many iPads you can connect it to do you pay like a monthly fee per ipad like how does that work you will need to look at each one specifically but i soft quote me here i'm pretty sure that lamp has a like company subscription option and i don't know if you pay like just this one-time fee and you get up to 10 devices or something or if you pay like a monthly thing I think each app may have its own nuances to that. Okay. I'm pretty sure that if you buy it, because you're going to buy it through your, the app store and you buy it as your Apple ID, it can be accessible on any device that's connected to that Apple ID. So every iPad, I was like, someone might be nodding and saying like, we don't want to be found out. Um, But if every iPad is connected to the same Apple ID, and you have, you know, 20 iPads across that company Apple ID, mm-hmm. they will all have it because it's one Apple ID. Mm-hmm. Now, will they catch on to that? Maybe let's really, you know, this is when coffee and therapy blows up, the whole world is just, <laughs> I know, <you> right? <laughs> um, because then you're going to have to have licensing agreements. Yeah. For each, each iPad. But, um, you know. We, we only have one. I, I only have one company iPad. It's only going to be on one device, y'all. Don't worry. Just one. Just one. Yes, absolutely. Um, there are some that you can do monthly for. I know Cough Drop, you can pay monthly or you can buy lifetime access. So different ones have different qualifications. Um, and Cough Drop's going on sale too. I will post. Yes. I saved like a visual. I'll post it. Does it have uh, like a black background? Sure. And it does. You see, it. it's the best. I can't see what her name is, but she makes one. I'm pretty sure every year, and it's. I'll find it while funny. you you keep talking fabulously about all the things. <laughs> <laughs> Super. So we'll post that. Um, yeah, it's really really great time for Lauren Gonzalez. Beautiful. That's the one. It's phenomenal. So I have, I have another question spurring off of this. So let's say I get lamp on my iPad and I bring my iPad to sessions with me. I'm like teaching my clients how to use it, but then we are not at the point where my client is able to get the funding to get their own AAC device. Like is what do I do in that case? Like, how do I still teach my client this way to communicate, but then they don't have this at their house, their home to communicate with it as well? Like, how, how do you approach that? Yeah. So I've done a couple different things. I had a family who was going through a like specific grant to get one and we were just waiting on funds to come through. So I knew the money was coming at some point. They were going to get access to it. It was a matter of time. So what I did is I took screenshots of the boards that I needed printed them off, cut them out, laminated them, made a Velcro board. In retrospect, it didn't need to be Velcro, so I'll save you a step. <laughs> You're not taking them on and off. Yeah. Um, it stays there forever and ever. So you can just print it off and, like, you can mask icons and, like, put paper over them or not show them. I'll make a visual for y'all. I'll make something. Um but it like just hides things. So it's still in the same place. If the okay. whole board is a little bit too visually busy, particularly when they're little, we want them to have as access to as much as possible at three years old. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. that's overwhelming. So, and then I just give it to them and I would flip pages. So lamp, when you press um, play, it opens up a new page that has toys or games. And then I press games and it opens up a new page of all of my game options. I would literally do that with dividers. And so games, it tells me at the bottom games, I flip open to that page and everything's in its place. So you can do that. Um, It's a little bit time consuming to make, but it is most able to mimic the system in that way. 
Mm-hmm. You can also just start with the homepage. The homepage of the robust communication apps are all core words on the front of them. Core versus fringe is a big thing. So core words are your most used words in language. They are very, very important. Fringe is everything else. And there's a little bit of a debate on what is more important, core or fringe. And it's a silly argument. Sorry, people who are passionate about it, but it's silly because (laughs) you need both. You have to have both. I cannot live in what I like to call noun town because it is all nouns and all I can do is label things, but I can't say go or off or on or under or anything else that I might need to say. Mm-hmm. Like, so I just pulled up lamp, like go, get, big, time, come, all, said, live, love, follow, all of your pronouns, verbs, like core words, super important. And you can do a lot with them. Like, yeah a lot, a lot with just the homepage and it's incredible. Yeah. Okay. Write them there. I will say too, um, if you're able to get professional coaching, parent coaching, whatever, I highly recommend that it beautiful if you're able to do it ongoing, but even like if somebody wants to meet one-on-one with me twice, I will take it because LAMP in particular is built differently than other apps. And it in particular, people want to customize the homepage. And if you do that, you botch the whole system. There's no kind way to say it. It's the system's dead. Um, And LAMP knows that. So they actually lock three vocabularies. You cannot change them because when somebody tries to do that, we have to revert it back. Reason being is... Under each icon are hundreds of words sometimes. So eat opens up all of these categories. And for listeners, I'm showing them too. But it's like snacks and vegetables and Italian and Mexican food and uh, condiments and all kinds of things. And then when I go under fruit, it has all of my fruit options like strawberries and pumpkins and tomatoes. (laughs) I know that's a a hot thing there. It's a tomato is a fruit according to Lamp. (laughs) <laughs> it has to be. I mean, according to science, it's a fruit. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> Lamb's got it right. Yeah. But if I change that initial eat button on the homepage to be chewy, then I've lost access to all of the other foods. Yes. Can I program them somewhere else? Yes. But now I've programmed over something else that has a bunch of words on it. So I have to put that somewhere else. And now I've programmed over something else. And it's just this, you can't get out of it something is always missing. Lamp is really cool in that way for listeners who've never seen it that Shelly's describing. And I'm sure I can link in the show notes to like an Instagram video you have of you using Lamp. So we'll we'll put some examples of it there for sure. But when you click, like Shelly said, eat, it then takes you to eating choices, which then, so it's like broad category, down, down, down to the small item that you want, but they're always in the same place. So regardless of whose Lamp device I'm using, it's always going to be the same motor plan. So it's also really learnable for us as therapists to go, when I click this, it goes here. Um, is that true, Shelly? It's not different for other people. It's nope. the same all the time. Same all the time to the point where I'm on um, the Spanish English vocab. There's a button where you press English and the system's in English. You press the same button and it changes to Spanish. I was talking to somebody um, in I think it was an intake I was doing and I was like, I don't know how to say what I need. And I brought out lamp and I showed them the iPad and I said it in Spanish because I knew where the motor plan was. Yep. And then it spoke Spanish to them. How so like, cool. Right. As an accessible <laughs> communication device to communicate in any language in any country. If I had access to every language and I've memorized the motor plan of lamp yes. and I know how to say like, I want, a venti ice blonde Americano with three shots of sugar-free vanilla uh, or three pumps, not shots. Whoa, that would be a lot of vanilla. Three pumps of sugar-free vanilla. And I could ask that in any country. Be so I'd, be the most, cool. I'd be the most caffeinated lady ever. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So I do recommend getting um, just an overview. If it's not with me, with somebody, 
look it up on like the company websites have little like mini trainings sometimes too. Um, I would be careful about who you just pull up on YouTube. Some people um, are not as informed as we want them to be. They probably don't know they're not, but just be careful Um, and get to know the system. I also have resources on Learn With Mainstay. I'm calling them at a glance where it takes a picture of the homepage. It's like, this is the menu and this is what it does. And this is this and this is this. You can kind of get to know the system a little bit. Um, Still in-person coaching is best if somebody has um, the means to do that. And Courtney, part of the question you asked too is I want to introduce AAC to this Mm. client. This is something that I think everyone deserves access to AAC. We should, everyone should have it. But Courtney, like you said, if they can't get it at home and we know they're never going to have it, Mm-hmm. Is it, and I'm genuinely asking, is it useful to even bring it into therapy sessions if that's the only space they have access to their yeah. voice and it's that's not going to be transferred across any sort of environment or modality? You yeah. can argue it both ways. And okay. I think both arguments have merit. So yes, anytime somebody is available or able to communicate their wants, needs, and ideas is valuable. There is the argument that's pretty frustrating too. So for the same reason that we don't change icons. um, So I'm no longer in Miss Alyssa's class. So I took her name off the system. Well, now I can never talk about how much fun Miss Alyssa's class is because that icon is gone. I know, sad day. So it's kind of the same thing. Here in music therapy, you can say whatever you want when you want. But at home, you you don't have that access. Yeah, fairly frustrating. Um, again, like, oh, yeah, torn. Both are yeah. good. Both are hard. Yeah. Um, I think if you can get something in, I was even um, I was at a conference today, and the guy I was talking to works in foster care. I was like, well. They are typically um, being fostered and they are from another country. And when they get overwhelmed, they forget English and they speak their native language, which makes so much sense. But the foster parents don't always know that native language. So can AAC do that? And I was like, oh, yes, maybe. But I don't know that they need the whole system. Maybe they just need cards on a lanyard that they can like flash and say, this is what I want. Maybe we're teaching sign language instead. Maybe they have, um, you can even put like icons on a snap bracelet. Uh Um, This is great for trick or treating, by the way, you can put icons on a snap bracelet. So like trick or treat and no, it's not going to speak, but they can still like participate in that and kind of point to what they want. Yeah. So you can get other cards that a lot of us do know about in other things, we make choice cards, we make picture schedules, just make it for communication too. Something's better than nothing. It does require some family involvement to be really, really good. Yeah. If not everybody's willing to do that, not everybody unfortunately sees the value in that. So even if it's a paper board with a few choices on it that they consistently have access to with us, still pretty beneficial. Well, I think I have two follow-up things. So I think, too, something that we find hard is when people do have a device and they don't bring it to therapy because, like, oh, it's not speech. We don't bring our AAC. And I'm like, no, no, literally their voice, it has to go everywhere. Do Is there research that shows or do you find that it's harder to get someone to use their device if they don't know they're going to have consistent access to it because they only sometimes have their voice? Shelly's nodding. Yes. <laughs> or rocking, I, rather. And, and not, I'm process nodding. <laughs> yes. yes. So things I'm thinking through are sometimes what ends up happening is it sometimes is only used at school. School got them the device, um, which is a whole nother thing. Um, that is part of free and appropriate education. The school has to provide them access to access their curriculum and that includes communication so if you're coming up with roadblocks and they are school aged that is your in happy to talk ieps with y'all um 
But if they're not, sometimes, or they already have it in a school, sometimes the kid sees it as just a school device because likely parents didn't get parent training on it. And so they don't know what it is. They don't know how it works. They're like, my kid uses it and that's great. I don't need to know. But then it never gets used except at school. So they actually pair that with this device means schoolwork. And when I get home, I'm not going to do schoolwork. You can't make me. And so I'm not going to use it. And some will like throw it around, like get it away mm-hmm. from me kind of reactions. Um, so that is sometimes challenging. And if that's happening, I tell parents like drop back. We don't force them to communicate, but we can model for them. We can show them that, hey, if you press cookies, I will give you cookies or whatever their most motivating thing is. Yeah. So there are ways around it. If it's only being used in one place, it is only but so beneficial. They can only learn so much, even if it's at school where they're there for hours a day. If it's not used in therapy, they don't understand that it goes outside and they don't necessarily see it as their voice sometimes. Yeah. And you said something so important there, that a phrase I stole from one of your colleagues, Tony, um, invitations, not demands of we're always just inviting and saying, here is the language you could use. I'm modeling it for you. I'm showing you where it is on your AAC. I'm using it to open choices for you, but I'm not demanding that you answer in that way. Like you said earlier, that if I say like, oh, I, I'm i looking for a color. Oh, let's go to your color pages. Hmm, I wonder what color egg shaker should we play next and hold it out. They don't pick, but they go and pick up a pink egg shaker. I'm going to go pink awesome what a cool choice i'm not gonna be like oh you picked up pink press pink press pink press a pink right that's when kids <laughs> courtney's laughing at me but <laughs> that's when kids really like hate their device i have a client who desperately needs lamp like there's no reason we don't have access to it funding is not an issue there, there's there's no reason we don't have an ipad with lamp on it except for when aac was introduced when she was little it was introduced poorly. It was introduced as a required demand. So now we are resistant to that device. So we've just been building up. We made our own AAC, not like this robust system of Google slide choices of like, Mm. we're going to make a musical jukebox of you have access to all these things. And then we expanded it into like phrases we use in therapy because she has inconsistent access to her verbal language. And I'm like, can we, can we get her an AAC device now? Like, can we, can we do it? Can we make a move? Because we've invited her to the experience. She has a positive association with it now. It took years of untraining, but that's why that's so critical. That if you demand, push this, pick that, do it, you're going to get more resistance to it. And if it's paired negatively, we're doomed. That hippocampal, amygdala, limbic system wiring, very hard to undo. Yes. Which come from a place of, I choose to believe at least they didn't know what they didn't know they didn't mm-hmm. know what best practice was modeling they didn't know that it is harmful to say okay say it on your device they didn't know what they didn't know but now it's really not great that we did that um I kind of pair it with like if I said okay like Alyssa, what's your Starbucks order? And you told me, and I was like, great. Now say it in French. Why? I literally just told it to you. You understood what I said. I'm not going to tell it to you in French. That's dumb. Same thing. I understood what you communicated to me. And I say, say it on your device. You're like, I just told you what I wanted. Why would I? No, that's extra work. I don't, I don't want to. Um, so instead we model, I will say it on your device for you. Yeah. Or I think you can also give a second prompt. Like I think sometimes people get really stuck in the nuance of this, that if they do any sort of extra prompt or any sort of extra invitation to the device or invitation to the vocalization, that then it's like, that's abuse because I didn't give you the thing right away. Right. So if I said, what color egg sugar do you want? And you picked up pink and red and I went, Oh, it looks like you might want pink or red or both can you try and show me again, pink or red? And they like go for it and walk away and like just grab the pink. I'm like, great. Like we had a double exchange. I double showed you. I I asked for more clarifying detail. I maybe tried to initiate another 
connection and communication exchange with you, but you, you did clearly tell me, great, I got it. Like I might try to push the door open a little bit more, but only through really that kindness, assent, consent, inviting way of like, oh, tell me again. I, or I, like, I didn't hear you. I couldn't see what color you picked up. Like, even if you're maybe getting a little sneaky, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. Like I saw it was so fast. Can you tell me again? And like, and if they're like, no, and you're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Just pick the one you want. All right, let's do it. Um, I think there's, there is still nuance sometimes that people get really stuck in this black and white of like, well, I, I can't ask again because I already asked, I already invited and they didn't do anything. I'm like, you can ask twice. Like, if you're not sure, you, you can ask seven times. Uh, it might be that you might want to rephrase the question if you have to ask seven times. But there, <laughs> I think there's subtle nuance too that gets really tricky. Yes. And I think we're hitting on kind of a double point there of sometimes, particularly when we're new to the AAC world, we see it, we hear about best practices, we are on board and terrified to touch it. Absolutely terrified to touch it because um, what even is lamp? Like it's colorful and there's so many icons and what if I do it wrong? Like I don't want to, I want them to death. I don't want them stuck in downtown. I don't want to overprompt. I don't want to cause harm. So I'm just not going to touch it at all. Also not helpful. Um, I'm careful to say that AAC does not cause harm. The worst thing that happens is we have to do some relearning of some bad practices, but they were not harmed in it. They have a system that's not robust. They are not harmed. It's not great. They are not harmed. The worst thing that happens is they use the system and abandon it, or they use the system and AAC can increase speech production and clarity, and then they don't need it anymore because they're able to communicate clearly with their voice. Worst case scenarios here. Well, I think you just said something super important that we didn't talk about that. What do you mean? Using AAC doesn't stop language development. (laughs) Like this big misconception that's out there. It is out there. Or I should say spoken language development. I want to be very clear. (laughs) Yes. Spoken language development will not decrease because you insert AAC into the picture. Will not. Backed by research, will not. And I want you all to hear that loud and clear because that (laughs) myth is rampant out there. Pediatricians are saying it. Some SLPs are saying it. Parents are believing it. And therefore other therapists are thinking it too. Not true. Parents do. They really are afraid that AAC is going to stop their kid from speaking. And in fact, I believe, as as I think I heard from you, the research shows that it actually can aid in spoken language development sure and actually yeah there we go there we go that's what i thought (laughs) yes absolutely it can actually aid in that development if a child a person has the like literal tools in their vocal cords in their body to be able to speak it will not stop them from speaking it might help them learn it the reason is is like we drill flashcards sometimes in certain therapies or sitting at home with homework or schools, whatever the case, we drill things. AAC does too. Every time they press the button, it says it and it reads at the top of the screen too in the message bar. And sometimes they just press that button over and over again. I'm going to be honest, obnoxious to listen to, but really great practice for them. And then they're just hearing the word. And I have watched kids hear the word, say it back, press it again. Hear the word, say it back, press it again. Hear the word, say it back, press a new button. Repeat. And your speech can, if it's going to, can get clearer. And this isn't even on our fabulous list that I'm looking at. I'm like, oh my gosh, we have like 10 minutes and so many things I want to talk about. So we're going to need a part two. I just, it's already being called for audience part two. It's going to happen. Um, But with what you're saying of kids repeat pressing it over and over, right? And it can be frustrating and annoying for the listener, for a teacher in a classroom. Um, I would love to hear about babbling an AAC and exploring an AAC and how appropriate that is. And 
how to educate people around that so they don't just turn the volume down on someone's device so that their voice is gone. So I pose to the audience, are you okay with me duct taping your mouth shut when you annoy me? No? Okay. Let's start there. (laughs) That's essentially what we're doing is I have duct taped your mouth shut. You annoy me. And so I tape you closed so I can't hear you anymore. That is super unethical, um, super uncalled for human to human contact there. It doesn't feel that way when we don't know better. We feel like we're just turning the volume down, like we're turning the TV down. But we really need to think of AAC as their voice because it is. It is an extension of them. That's why we don't touch it without permission. That's why we don't say things for them without them. It is their voice. There are stages of learning, just like there are stages of language development for AAC. So little baby babies, fresh hatched, they babble. They make sounds. They explore their voice. Sometimes they don't even know what they're saying for a good solid months there. They just make sounds. Well, same thing with the AAC. And I'm here to tell you too, when you pick up AAC, once you get it on sale this week, you're going to bubble with it too. Yeah. You're going to start pressing buttons. You are not going to jump right to sentences. And if you are, you overachiever, you're not helping yourself. (laughs) Just play with it. That's exactly what they're doing. And that's the babbling stage of it. I press this. What does it do? I press this. What does it do? Oh, it said that word. That's cool. What if I do it again? It still says that word. That's cool. They're just exploring it. Crucial to their language development, to their understanding of their AAC system. I will be very straight with you. I said it a couple minutes ago. It is obnoxious to listen to sometimes. Like, very honestly, it just is. I will say we can turn it down so it's not screaming at us. So just like I tell people like inside voice, you are yelling right now. I will tell my AAC users, uh, sometimes they have like a colored volume bar. You got to turn it back to the blue. When it is orange, you are screaming at me and I don't like to be screamed at. It makes me scared. Yeah. A lot of times they respond to that. If not, then we talk about how you're being mean to me and I don't like that. I don't like to be told that. (laughs) So we like... Relate it. How am I going to address that with somebody who uses their voice? That's how I'm going to address it with AAC. While understanding that I didn't tell them to stop babbling, so I'm not going to tell them with the device to stop babbling, we can turn it down so they're not yelling at us. We can say, hey, I hear you. Wow, it sounds like you might be hungry because you just pressed eat 12 times. I heard you are you hungry? And sometimes they look at us like we've got two heads. You're like, oh, well, that button means like you want to eat something. And then we've assigned meaning to that button. It's not just these sounds coming out into the environment. Eat, the sound is a word. And it means this. It means I give you food. Water means I will bring you water. Or maybe I'll turn the water on. There's lots of meanings for it. So we've assigned meaning to that. And that helps them understand that this is not another game on their iPad, that it influences the world around them. And that's really important. In schools, use the same methods. Like, hey, right now is a time for listening. Do you hear me reading this story? I would love for you to listen. And maybe they get to turn the page. Maybe they get to point the next thing out. Maybe they get to pick the next activity. Whatever your typical classroom routines are. Same thing for AAC. Let them do that. We're never taping the device. We're not turning it off. We're not restricting access to it. You're essentially taping their mouth shut, and that's rude. Would it ever be appropriate, just like a random thought that popped in my head, if it's like, say, independent work time, and you have a client or a kid in a classroom who is babbling and excited and exploring their device, and that's totally appropriate at the time, but it's loud and distracting, for them to listen to it with headphones... I haven't considered that. I think I would want to teach that skill first. Sure. I would want to teach that when you use headphones, nobody else can hear you. Yeah. That way, if they are trying to get my attention, they're not saying, Shelly, 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 help me. Or fire. Like, I'm going to help with fire. Yeah. (laughs) 
to be understood, you unplug your headphones and I can hear you again, or you need to come get my attention. So I'd want to teach that skill before I'm doing that. I would kind of attribute it still to like, I was just in a classroom and this girl hums constantly. Her songs, I love them. I have one of them stuck in my head right now, but just constantly. She hums during her work. She hums all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, She doesn't have spoken language right now. So she just hums. It'd be kind of the same thing as babbling. I think it's just a like synthesized voice. So I might be like, hey, is it okay if we use a quieter voice right now? Can you turn it down and let them turn it down? And if they turn it all the way down, be like, just so you know, like if you try to get my attention right now, I'm not gonna be able to hear you. You don't have to turn it off. Just a little bit quieter so that Kathy over here can keep doing her schoolwork. Yeah. Kind of teaching them that I can physically lower my voice volume based on how I'm like pushing air through, et cetera, et cetera. They can do that with their volume too. Yeah. One thing I did just remember is I we don't take devices, but I have like interrupted them before. And like if the device is in front of me, it just like stuck my whole hand over it and be like, whoo, my friend. You're saying a lot of words right now. Do you hear that I am trying to talk to you? Do you hear that I asked you this question? Because sometimes they're just in their own little zone, babbling along, and they don't hear me. So I will, I'm not turning it off. I'm not taking it. But just as I might like tap somebody on the shoulder or like, hi, I'm going to wave over here in my space. I might like interrupt for a second, interrupt that motor plane and say, hey, I'm here with you. Hi. Yes. Totally. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love all these ideas. There's, we re, I, we have to have you back on Shelly and we'll figure I out the time for it. I'm Cause so I really want to talk about AAC in the mental health space. Um, mm. Cause that was sort of what prompted me to reach out to Shelly. And I think it's really important to talk about how practitioners who haven't seen AAC a lot, some go-to resources for them, as well as how to program safety and regulation and emotional expression mm-hmm. tools that are robust and diverse for device users. Um, so listeners, stay tuned. At some point, Shelly will be back. Yes. And make it happen. Uh, for now, we need to know where they can all find you if they don't already know you. Yes. So you can find me in a couple different places. As we said at the beginning, my business is Notes 2, the number two, Live By. And I just merged in with um, my full-time job, which is Mainstay Music Therapy, to create Learn with Mainstay. We are on Instagram and we are a resource hub for all things AAC, music therapy. We have hospice resources on there. Allison is doing business resources. We have a newsletter that I am like biased, but I do recommend (laughs) Um, that has all those things. And every month I'll be in there with an AAC freebie as well as like AAC tips going through my Instagram notes to live by and learn with mainstay. Yay. Yeah. Follow Shelly on all the things. I'll link her in the show notes too. Looks like Courtney is stalking you right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know it's, it's the best. I'm very excited for learn with mainstay too. As a business owner, I'm like, Oh, someone else to learn from y'all. So I'm psyched just to have these resources and Shelly does release great content on on social media just for you to consume and definitely a great resource for AAC consults and all of those things. And Shelly, you have something coming out soonish too. That's exciting. I do. I'm really excited about it. I am creating an AAC course. Um, I will be recording the content here at the end of next week. So the course is coming very soon. It will be something for everyone. I wanted it to be a robust course where if you've already learned a little bit from me, if you've been to a conference presentation or followed me for a bit, you know some of the basics. So I want to get advanced, but I didn't want to be too advanced that you miss the basics either. So it is going to be a fairly big course that you get access to. It's going to have piles of resources. It's going to have um, different modules you can get. So if you're a music therapist, you buy the music therapy one. If you're a teacher, you get the teacher one. If you're a parent, you get the parent one. Um, That just the main course is the same, but the bonus material is specific to your world that you need it in. 
Um, and there'll be a couple other ones that I'm a whole new world. <laughs> so make sure you follow Shelly so you see when that drops. And we'll reshare it on Coffee and Therapy, too. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, Shelly, thank you for being here. This is just the best. I know Courtney was just, like, soaking it all in at the end there. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah I loved it. It's great. Can't wait to learn more from you. Interested in checking out your course. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for having me, y'all. Well, we'll have to have you back again. But as we say at the end of every episode, for now, bye. bye. Thanks for listening to Coffee and Thera Tea. Keep the conversation flowing and follow us over on Instagram at Coffee and Thera Tea. Questions, thoughts, ideas? Email us, coffeeandtherapy at gmail.com. We can't wait for you to listen in again soon.